The following audio presentation is from Parkwood Baptist Church. The purpose of Parkwood Baptist Church is to glorify God by laboring together for the growth of all believers while going with the gospel to all peoples. More information about Parkwood Baptist Church is available at parkwoodonline.org. That's parkwoodonline.org. I invite you to turn with me to the 23rd Psalm. Incredibly fitting today that this is where we would come in our expositional series of Psalm to reflect on how the Lord has shepherded us as a church. It uh, has been an overwhelming weekend to me to reflect on how God has blessed us as a people. It has been a joy to share with brothers and sisters and to remember what he has done and where he is taking us. It is my prayer this morning as we take up the 23rd Psalm that God would speak to you in this very personal Psalm into your life and that he will speak to us collectively as a church. Before we read, I just want to remind you from where we've come. We're in a a series of Psalms that are the King Psalms. Psalms 21 and 22 are a pre-battle and post-battle Psalm where we have seen that King David's experience points us to Christ. So clearly in Psalm 22, as we see how it pointed us to the cross and to the ultimate coming of Christ when the ends of the earth will remember him and turn to the Lord. Next week in Psalm 24, you're going to ask the question, who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? And we'll answer only one, and his name is Jesus. He has ascended the hill of the Lord on our behalf. And because of him, we too will come into the presence of God. But Psalm 23, is it just stuck here? In between these Psalms that are so clearly pointing us to Christ? Well, let's see. I invite you to stand. Psalm 23, a Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Lord, we ask now that you would speak to our hearts, and for those who know you as shepherd, may you encourage them. May you write their souls today, and for those, Lord, who are shepherdless, pray that you would bring them under the conviction of their sin and that they would see their desperate need of the shepherd. And may they turn to Christ today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Here's the main idea of this text. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I have all I need now and forever. This is the beloved song. It is the most familiar. Some would argue next to John 3:16, the most familiar text in all of the Bible. You're going to see two very distinct images used of the Lord, that the Lord is our shepherd and that the Lord is our host. 
And because of these things, we trust the Lord and we have confidence in the Lord. This is a Psalm of David who we know early in his life was a shepherd. Some even think this is the earliest Psalm that he wrote, though you can't prove that directly. It does speak to the images and to the experiences that he had. He assigns these things of a shepherd to the Lord, to the Lord God Almighty. And the first thing we see is that he says that the Lord provides for his sheep. Verse one, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, I've, I've said this in different contexts, but I've said it since we've been in the Psalms. A Jew would not use the word out loud, Yahweh. They so revered the proper name of God, they wouldn't say it. They would say Elohim, a more common name for God, but they wouldn't say Yahweh. Now here's what's stunning. David takes the covenant name of God and he says, Yahweh is my shepherd. He doesn't just say Yahweh is God, or he's rock, he's my shepherd. He, he is pointing to and showing us an intimate relationship that he, David, has with the Lord God Almighty, that he is his shepherd. Now, it has massive implications, and it's summed up in the phrase that follows, I shall not want. Now, I found this very fascinating when I studied the language here, and I'm not going to use the big words because you don't, I, I had to look them up, and I'm an English teacher, okay? But in the Hebrew, you have active and passive tense tied together here. So here's what this means. I shall not want. It means in the past, I have not wanted. God's provided. I don't want now because God has provided. And I can look into the future and here's what I'm going to know. I'm not going to want. Because God is going to adequately give me everything that I need. He's going to provide. And what he's going to provide is refreshing care. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He causes me. And by the way, that, that, that active predator, it's what it's called. It works itself out all throughout this. So he causes, he has caused, he will calls me, he causes me to lie down in green pastures. Some of you have seen uh, Keller's work on a Psalms, look, a, a shepherd looks at the 23rd Psalm. He says in the book, having been a shepherd himself, a sheep will not lie down unless it is well-fed. So this is an image of a well-fed sheep in the right location, a green pasture, where it has been provided for that he lies down. Tied to that, he leads me or he escorts me and provides for me still waters. So a sheep needs green pastures in order to eat and get the sustenance that it needs. And it needs still waters because a sheep, a dumb animal, a dangerous animal when it's covered in wool, needs still waters to approach calmly. Calm waters create a calm sheep that he's able to drink and eat. This is a quote. It's true that many of us face severe troubles. 
But much of the Christian life is not lived in soap opera tension. It's in the realm of the ordinary, the routine. We simply get tired and we may get run over, but most of the time we just get run down and we suffer from wear and tear and from spiritual exhaustion. We, we not, may not be absolutely zapped, we're just sapped. But Jesus Christ is the shepherd who is adequate for every day, who again and again restores life. The Christian must learn to walk with Christ here in the daily routine. And then he asks, have you learned to enjoy Christ's day-to-day confidence that you don't want, that he gives you green pastures, that he gives you still waters, that he restores my soul. There's a lot of discussion on exactly what restores my soul means. It certainly can mean that he restores my soul and that he makes me well. Nephish is the word for soul, life, that he restores my life. But this also can point to that he has turned my soul back. It's a an image of the repentance that God gives. Because a, a sheep, if it gets upside down on its back, needs the shepherd to roll him back over, to turn him over, to right him. And praise God that he's righted my soul. That he has turned my wayward, wandering, dying heart to him. Then it says he leads me in paths of righteousness. Now the word path is a well-worn track. It's a, it's a place where you clearly see that people have gone again and again and again. So the Lord has laid out for us paths of right. And that's where he leads us. He has given us his holy word and he has clearly established for us the right path that we are to take. And when we get on the right path and we walk in the path, Here's what it does. It glorifies God. He said, it doesn't say that. Yes, it does. He leads me in the path of righteousness. Why? For his name's sake, for the sake of his reputation. So he feeds and provides for his sheep and he gives them green pastures and steel waters and he writes their soul and then he leads them in a path of righteousness and all of this to his glory. So I ask you a question. Or am I trusting in the provision of the good shepherd? That's a yes or no answer. Now here's what some of you are gonna do. You wanna, you're gonna be, try to be good evasive Baptists and say sometimes. What is, how does this start? The Lord is my shepherd and sometimes I don't want. No, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I have not, I, I do not, I will not. I, I'm not gonna want. So are, are you trusting in the provision of the good shepherd? In John chapter 10, you, you may wanna turn over there and I just maybe stick something there because I'm gonna come back to it. Watch what Jesus does here. In the I am's, Jesus identifies himself as God. 
Now, if you were just reading in John and he says, I am the good shepherd, you'd say, well, he's not identifying himself as God here. Oh, yes, he is. He's got Psalm 23 in his mind. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Now, what follows is some of the most stunning words ever written or spoken. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Now, here's what he's saying. I am God in the flesh. I am the good shepherd. And I am going to lay down my life for sheep. It's not just that he provides physical things and oh, he does. He, He supplies the things we need to live every day. But the greatest provision that God our shepherd has given us is himself. He has provided for us a great and glorious salvation as Christ laid down his life, as he is the one whom, chapter 22, the dogs encompassed him and the evildoers encircled him and they pierced his hands and feet and divided their garments among them by casting lots. But the Lord rescued him from the horns of the wild oxen. And because he has been rescued through the power of the resurrection, all the ends of the earth shall remember and they will turn to the Lord and they will fall and worship him. Why? Because he is the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the shepherd and the lamb. The second thing we see back in Psalm 23 is not only that the Lord provides for his sheep, the Lord protects his sheep. Now I want you to notice there's a shift in the language. In the first stanza, he talks about the Lord. He's my shepherd, he makes, he leads, he leads. Here he shifts to speak directly to the Lord. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, now this is a word picture. This means even though I walk through a dangerous place. Now, a shepherd would have to lead his sheep through these dangerous locations, ravines, mountainous areas. These would be places where predators would hide and then attack. So every turn as they went through these steep ravines and valleys, literally death loomed over them. Now, before I I proceed, I I just want to make sure you make this connection. That walking through the valley of the shadow of death follows the verse that he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, you need to hear me. Sometimes the path of righteousness is a dangerous path. And this false idea that Christians are always in a place they are safe because it's safe. You're only safe because the Lord is with you. 
And let's just say it clearly. The gospel's only gonna get to the nations if people walk through the valleys. If we go to these places trusting that the good shepherd protects us. We also experience this as we walk through the looming death, death that surrounds us, physical death as we know it. Five years ago today, today, my wife became sick. I didn't know that 24 hours from standing here on the 50th anniversary that I would think my wife was dying. It'll change you when you walk face to face in the valley of the shadow of death. You probably don't know this name. Donald Gray Barnhouse was the pastor of 10th Presbyterian Church in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. When Dr. Barnhouse's children were small, his wife died. It was a sad and difficult time for the church and his family. Dr. Barnhouse was known, he was an incredible illustrator of scripture. And as they were riding in the hearse, or in the, the, the car on the way to the graveside. He had all his children in the car and a truck went by them and it kind of loomed over them for a moment. And he looked at his children and he said, did the truck just run us over or did the shadow of the truck just run us over? And his kids said, well, dad, we're still here. Obviously the shadow run us over. Then Dr. Barnhouse said this to his kids. The truck of death ran over the Lord Jesus 2,000 years ago. So only the shadow now passes over us. That is all that happened to your mother. Only the shadow of death passed over her because she is now unharmed in the hands of her shepherd in heaven. Whew. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Literally, here's what this says. I'm not afraid of wickedness. Now, I'm perplexed by what's happening in the world. It's, it's, it's nuts. I mean, and I've implored you many times, if you spent all week watching TV, you're messed up this morning. <laughs> Little secret, wickedness abounds. I'm not afraid of it. We don't need to be afraid of it. Why? Because you are with me. You are with me. You are with me. The Lord is with me. That's an active presence. Your rod and your staff, they come from me. One is a weapon. The other is a tool for leading and releasing sheep from harm. Now, I never thought about this until this week. The image of shepherding is not always a gentle pastoral one. It is often a shepherd, a despised occupation. I thought about this, but this is the part I'd never thought of. Shepherds were rough and tough characters 
who had to be brave and at times killers. That means that an image of a shepherd should also bring to you an image of authority and power. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, in one of his sermons, used this. One of his friends had gone to Israel and he actually saw some shepherds and he wrote about it to Dr. Spurgeon. Here's what he said. The shepherds themselves had none of that peaceful, placid aspect, which is generally associated with pastoral life and habits. They looked like warriors going to battle. They had guns slung over their shoulders, daggers and pistols on their belts, a battle ax or an iron club in their hand. Such were their equipment and their fierce flashing eyes showed plainly that they were prepared to use those weapons at any moment. Now, I'm not trying to paint a scary picture of God, but if your only image is this sweet, kind Jesus holding the sheep, you, you better get the image too, that he's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he will come bearing a sword. And listen, according to this text, he'll bear it on your behalf right now. That his rod comforts us. He'll pull the club if he has to. But he also has a staff. That's for me. I need a little whack on the head every once in a while. I'm so dumb, I'll get caught up in the bushes. That's what the crooked end's for, to yank me out, to write me back. His rod and his staff, they both, his protection and against those who would be, and my protection for my own self, those both are comforting. Now, let me ask you another question. Am I trusting in the protection of the good shepherd? In John 10, verse 27, Jesus says this, my sheep, my sheep. So there's some sheep that are not his sheep. My sheep, he says, here's how you know who his sheep are. They hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. And here's how else you know, they follow me. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Now here's what he's gonna do for them. I will give them eternal life and they will never perish. And look at this. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. Now that's a warrior. And nobody gonna remove you from the hand of Jesus Christ. Those whom he has saved, those who have heard his voice and repented of their sins and are following him, he has given them eternal life and they're never gonna perish and no one is ever gonna snatch them out of your hand. So, <laughs> uh, I'll be traveling in a few weeks. I'm not telling you where I'm going. Uh, Tell you a little bit about it when I get back. Uh, I'll be fine. Okay? We'll be fine. One way or the other. And that's why we get on planes and we go places. This is why we send people other places. Because here's, here's what I know. Here's what I know. The Bible says right here that I have eternal life. I'm never going to perish. And nobody can snatch me out of the Lord's hand. Nobody. 
So walk and live like you believe that, brothers and sisters. Now the image shifts. You, you shift the image from shepherd to host. The Lord prepares for his sheep. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. So here, here's, the, here's the image that, that one commentator said. It's as if you're winding through the valley of the shadow of death and all of a sudden you come around a, court, a curve and in front of you is a banquet. Because it says, you prepare a table before me where? In the presence of my enemies. So we're not yet talking about heaven here. You've prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, when I come in, you anoint my head with oil. That means I'm a welcome guest. The aroma reminds me I'm, I'm the Lord's. I'm, I'm welcomed by him and my cup overflows. Now, one of my things I love to do is to get a good waitress and to see if I can make her keep my tea full. Here's the image, man. The Lord just waiting for you to drink a little bit. He's going to fill it back up. My cup never runs out. So here I am, a welcome guest, an honored guest with the cup that never runs out. Now here's the promise for the rest of my life, the rest of your life. Here's the promise for your forever. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, I've been using a Hebrew word in my preaching because I've been wanting you to remember it, all right? It's right here. And, and it, and it kind of irks me a little bit that we don't translate it the way it's translated in the rest of the Psalms, but it's okay because we've been saying, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Here's what it, here's what it says. Surely goodness and chesed. That's the word that's translated all throughout Psalms as steadfast love. So here's, here's, what's, here's the word, what the word follow means, pursue. So watch how the image shifted. You're going through the valley of the shadow of death. You emerge Here's this table that God provides, these, these moments of blessing that God gives us in our life, even while the enemies are still surrounding us. And he shifts here. It's no longer enemies after you. That's not what we need to be thinking. Here's what's pursuing me as a follower of Jesus. Goodness and steadfast love. Now this goes back and ties the beginning of the psalm. Who's your shepherd? the Lord, the covenant-keeping God. And here's what he's saying. This covenant-keeping God gonna keep his covenant. That goodness and steadfast love are gonna follow me, are gonna pursue me every day, all the days of my life, comma. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord. And notice how the stanza separates it. If you're looking in your Bible, it singles the word out here at the bottom. This is how poetry works. I will dwell in the house of Yahweh forever. Literally in a continuation 
forever and forever. So here's my question to you. Am I trusting the good shepherd with forever? In John 14, verse one, Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself. And there, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way where I'm going. And Thomas said, Lord, we, we do not know where you're going. And how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one, no one comes to the Father except through me. Now you hear me, brothers and sisters. I, I don't know what's going on in your life. I, I, you know, I, I, hope, I hope for you that your world's not wrecked today like mine was five years ago. I, I, I hope for you that you're not in financial distress or physical distress or relational distress but you hear me. Your greatest need is not that those things be relieved. Your greatest need, the only thing that keeps your heart from trouble, the only way you're gonna lie down in a green pasture is if you understand that Jesus, the good shepherd, is the way, the truth, and the life. And that you understand that the hope of your eternity, the hope of your forever is that Jesus has gone to prepare a place for you so that you might, as Psalm 23 says, come and dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That you might be welcomed, as Revelation 19 says, let us rejoice and exult and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure for the fine linen and the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the lamb. Only, my friend, only if Yahweh, only if Jesus is your shepherd, can you say, I don't like a thing. I don't like a thing right now. I don't like a thing in ordinary times. I don't like a thing in fearful times. I don't like a thing in dangerous times. And I will not like a thing in eternity the time that is to come. There's a plaque out there in the lobby that means nothing to most of you. You probably say, why is there a bronze plaque there? I moved here in 1992 as the youth pastor. And the, when we would ask for charter members to stand in a worship service, a significant group of the congregation would stand up. I stood there yesterday in front of that plaque and I just, I read through every name. And after one, after another, after another, after another, faithful followers of Jesus who trusted him until the very end of their life. 
There's very few left. And they may not mean anything to you, but I'm going to tell you this. They're a part of the great cloud of witnesses. And you're standing on their shoulders today. You're standing on the shoulders of people who believe the 23rd Psalm, who staked their life on John 14, who have seen Jesus as the good shepherd. And listen to me, the only way there will be a future to this church is when we individually and collectively acknowledge and live as if he is our shepherd. He is our provider both now and forevermore. So, if you don't know Christ as Savior, if you don't know him as your shepherd, I pray that today you would turn from your sin and that the Lord himself will right your soul. And if you're in need today and, and you've, you've been looking at it wrongly and you've not been trusting in the provision of the Lord, there are going to be pastors here who can pray with you and over you as we conclude our time together. Let's pray. Father, we acknowledge and confess that you and you alone are our good shepherd. That you alone are our provider for what we need. Lord, we, we think we want a lot of things, but you know what we need. And you knew that you sent your son, your only son, to give us what we most desperately needed. And Lord Jesus, thank you that you, the good shepherd, laid down your life for us. And not only have you been gracious to us in salvation, Thank you for this incredible promise that you pursue us with goodness and mercy all the days of our life and forever and forever. May those who do not know you repent and turn to you now. And for those who are in need, I pray that they would come and be prayed over. And for Lord, for your people, I pray that they would come confessing that it is in you and you alone, that you are the way, the truth, and the life, that it is in Christ alone that we have salvation. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Thanks for listening to this audio presentation from Parkwood Baptist Church, located in Gastonia, North Carolina. Please feel free to share this message with others. For more information about Parkwood Baptist Church, visit parkwoodonline.org. That's parkwoodonline.org.